I'm sorry. I couldn't protect you. Father's job is to protect his son. I love you, Dad. and welcome to another episode of Fan Critical. Tonight we are restarting our coverage of The Walking Dead, second half of season eight. This evening we'll be talking about episode nine, Honour, directed by Greg Nicotero. And this evening I'm joined by John. Hello. And Len. All right. And as always, I am your host, Emma. So in last night's episode, we saw the final downhill demise of Bitten Carl, um, juxtaposed with some serious kick-ass slash I'm on a mission to kill everything that's moving, Morgan and Carol. Um, Before we start talking in depth about the episode, I'd like to get everybody's initial uh, feelings about what we saw over the 70 minute episode with ad breaks after a four month break um i'm going to start with len keep it light uh how did you feel about episode keep nine i bet well, he's gonna be worse than me i don't think so i don't know i don't know okay i'm i'm still raging at the fact that they're killing carl um <laughs> i'm over it now well yes but you don't know what good stuff they're just fucking up by doing it actually you did tell me most of it on sunday did on I? saturday sorry night yeah that. for was, about an hour sorry i was i was drunk my bad he was um but um i'm annoyed i'm annoyed that they're killing carl however um i thought the episode after the fact that i've got over the fact that they're killing carl was the strongest episode of the season i think um, it's pretty cut up about this i think um i don't know i i felt like I care, the things that I care most about in the show are probably Rick, Michonne, Carl, Carl, um, and Carl. That, Carl, 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 for that reason, I thought this this episode was great because you've got the really nice interactions between Michonne, Rick and Carl, one of which I never thought I would ever see in the comics, uh, which is, uh, you know, Rick having to deal with the death of his, you know, driving motivator, his, the thing that keeps him going I in this world. I thought he could be like his driver, his chauffeur, Carl. His chauffeur, Carl. His chauffeur, Yeah, that's where, it, that's, where the, that's where it goes in the comics. He actually starts oh, driving what? Rick around. It's Spoiler really interesting. Warning. No, um... Yeah, so it was great to see those those three really shine in this episode. Uh, but I'm interested to hear what John John's going to say well, about it. Well, before I let John loose, um, I actually have, <laughs> I've got some quite mixed opinions about this episode. But kind of drawing on on what you said there, Len. Firstly, we've got some really good calls from Rick this episode. But, yeah, I mean, that's so good. tangential. Um, but one of the things that made this episode so great, and I've read this in a lot of reviews today in, in preparation for this, is that we're back to 
The Walking Dead as it was in its early seasons when it was fantastic because we're focusing on a really small group of people. You haven't got 20 different groups of people that we look at across the the course of the episode. We have got essentially five characters that we follow. Maybe Mm. six if you count Ezekiel with it. And that's harking back to when The Walking Dead was at its best. Whereas if you think back to the first half of season eight, we had a lot, you know, especially the first three episodes where you'd split between six different groups of five, six, seven, if not more people. Mm. And keeping track of everything was really hard. But it also lessened your engagement a bit because you weren't focusing on individual storylines. Whereas actually Honor brought that back and it was... I actually thought it was a really beautiful episode, juxtaposed with some really grim stuff. Mm. Um, but, John, now I, I will allow you loose on honour on, on now. Tell uh, me what you thought. Uh, it's not like... I don't have to be let loose, but... but I like let it him free! <clears throat> free the beast! Uh, like, it was just dull. I, I just found it really dull and so uninteresting. And how can you make an episode like... What was it without ad breaks? Like 55 minutes? It was too long. It was too long. Mm. Um, I don't disagree with that. And the topic is about a character that's already, he's he's definitely dead. Mm. So it's kind of like, I watch something like that and it kind of, it kills the the emotive thing for me. It's like, well, come on, mate. Like if uh, if someone was shot and was bleeding to death in a film, mm. and they took them fifty five minutes to bleed to death, <laughs> okay, fair I'm like, can you just fucking die, mate, and <laughs> move this story on? I think there are two ways that you can kill off a major character, and one is just like that, like literally shot in the head or ripped to pieces, Denise, like five arrow seconds. through the eye, yeah, which, which was really powerful. Abraham from the comics, <clears throat> um, or you you give them an episode. I, I do agree that the episode itself was pretty long, and he probably he He's could had have two episodes. He, he could have well, died. He deserves two episodes. I mean, look, this is a character oh, who no. should never be dying. This is, and I if you if you're gonna kill essentially the main character of The Walking Dead, He's because not that, he the main is no, not in the show, in. but well, not in the show, oh, he isn't. Well, be silly. And anyway. the difference here, and I know that you you bring the comic balance here to, to give us the kind of canon material, but the difference is we are talking about a show in which he is not the major character. He's not oh, the he main isn't. character. He is key in a lot of ways. I appreciate mm. that. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sad he's gone. But I think that what you've, and I said this in, you know, the first half of season eight, um, <clears throat> and definitely after our conversations after the first half finale is a dear god please let him die in the first episode and not drag on for the whole half season um but b for me this signs the death warrant for the walking dead i think season eight is going to be their last season because they're (laughs) killing off no i genuinely think last season and i think that that possibly is the right thing to do I think it's, it's not losing it, that much money for them to count it. Now. No, I mean, but, is... but but what it does do is is death signals a complete shift for the show. Honestly, it does. It it, it means that no characters that you think are safe, even Rick, um, are are safe. They but could they all they could been. all go. And there's a massive rumors at the moment about Maggie. Huge yeah. rumors that she is going up. And and honestly. <laughs> If they lose Carl and Maggie, which are essentially spoilers for the comics, 
Um, in the comics, the major leaders in the future, like there's three leaders, you know, Carl is being groomed to be a future leader. The the show is going to change now. And I, that is, this is a major, and you know, it's exciting maybe well, that well, we, now we do don't know where it's going to go. It's going to do two things. It's either going to change and it's going to go so far from the comics that you don't recognise it, or it's going to stop. If Maggie's taking on another TV show contract and other things and Carl is dead, sorry, Lauren, Lauren Cohen and, uh, and Chandler Riggs, well, John Reeves isn't dead. God, don't lose your oh shit. Like, God. oh, fuck. what? It's either it's either taking the show from season nine somewhere where we can't recognise it if you're part of a kind of comic canon follower um, or following, or it's ending it. Hmm. You know, because these are the these are the characters <clears throat> that you follow and you you are dedicated to and you believe in. Yep. If they're gonna if they're gonna knock that off, oh. um, oh. knock one out. That's the phrase, isn't it? Not knock that off. No, mm. well, I don't know. I don't know what it no is. No one knows. Anyway, um, then I think that, that that points to one of those two decisions. But now that we've got our uh, initial thoughts on the episode out of the way, I want to talk about the opening scenes pre-opening kind of opening credits. So we kick off with Carl, obviously, um, and some really jaunty, um, clashing music while we watch him go about some of the last moments of his life before he succumbs to walkabout. Right. Yeah. Um, John, how did you feel about that first half of the kind of pre-credits scene? Yeah, what was the music? I must talk in every telephone, get eaten off the web. I must rip out all the epilogues from the books that we have read. Into the face of every criminal strapped firmly to a chair. We must stare, we must stare, we must stare. I don't, can't remember the title of the song, but it is by Bright Eyes, I believe. I like the song. How did you feel it impacted what you were seeing visually with that playing in the background? John? I quite I quite like that. I thought I, 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 thought, I quite like yeah. the beginning, yeah. I thought I have to say that, that montage That's what I was for. that montage um <laughs> was nice and it was nice to see Carl um interact with Judith and have these nice moments and have have um just the the sort of realization of his bite and obviously start writing the letters to his loved ones that was all great my only criticism of it is a bit like the episode I felt like the montage could have been a minute shorter it went on for a very long time mm. um but the general concept of it was the one time I thought The Walking Dead was, you know, being pretentious and it working for a yeah. change instead yeah. of being, you know, very self-aware of itself, very sort of, oh, we're trying to do something really arty. No, it just worked because we care about Carl. We care about the emotional, you know, journey he went through in this short montage. Jaherney. 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 But it was great. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. Strong opening for the episode. Yeah. I did. I thought actually it was a really beautiful way to do it. It was, it kind of picked you up a little bit with the sound and with the music, but... It, it it made it less heartbreaking and allowed him to kind of get it <clears throat> out of the way. What about the scene where they go back to where he gets bitten? Do they uh, need uh, to do that? Or? No, I at the time I thought about that and I was like, I don't need to see him get bit. But you I know did. what? It's quite nice to see... I mean, nice. It's a horrible thing to see. But it's good to see a character actually getting bitten because it was it was so like shoehorned in at the end because we had, yeah. he had that stupid struggle with Sadiq and then then he reveals the bite at the very last minute like yeah. oh so that must have happened then yeah, yeah, which yeah. is obviously where we all knew it happened but it's but nice to have the clarification you saw it on his face the moment he see he, it, the look on Carl's face when he's getting bitten mm. it's What's like I, I actually really I was like really sad I was like fuck could you imagine like you've survived like 
four years of zombie apocalypse. You're like with this awesome group of survivors, but we know and you get taken out by absolute just awful, awful uh, Walker killing, whatever he was doing. But like, just a terrible, stupid way to die. The realization on his face was really strong. I felt I, 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 yeah. I, I was happy with it. I actually think it was a clarification because there was some doubt as to whether that's exactly yeah, what that, happened. And even it. though it was quite clear, I think sometimes you just have yeah. to show it. Yeah. Um. One of the other things we saw pre-opening credits uh, was a very brief flash again of Bloodshot Rick. And yeah. I think at this point, we probably all still thought this was post-Carl dying of walker bite. Yeah. Um, which we, we obviously get uh, told differently at the end of the episode or towards the end. Right. Um, well, no, I'm just trying to stop us from talking about it. Actually. Yeah, that'll be interesting <laughs> when we come on to that. Um, and I thought it was an interesting way to... to I was about to say segue, uh, insert it again, um, as they did in the the opening um, episodes of um, the beginning of season eight, mm. where we kept getting flashes to, to Bloodshot Rick, as we'll continue to call him. And then we move very swiftly on to uh, Morgan on a bit of a mission. Um, we've talked a lot about Morgan and his, his clearing before and his, uh, mm. his kind of battle between peace and just... terrifying insane murder um lem what did you what did you think about that kind of setting out the opening of the episode with the the combination of carl a little bloodshot rick and then obviously moving on to morgan yeah i think the morgan stuff we didn't need to see because like we know at all or just well they're trying to to explain how the saviors got out of the complex yeah um yeah yeah, so 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 I was watching. I was it's watching funny. that scene, and I was like, um, I was confused because there was a lot of people debating that what Daryl and what Tara, um, <coughs> Daryl and Michonne and whatever, driving that truck into the wall and letting yeah. the walkers into the complex yeah. actually allowed them to thin out the walkers to leave the complex, yeah. mm-hmm. which was actually really interesting because it, it once again it shows Daryl going against the group's wishes, like when he punched Negan and got Glenn killed, um, that the fact that he has then, oh. you know, destroyed the whole of Alexandria because of his actions, they were able to get out and retaliate against them. That's where I think they should have gone with this. Instead, yep. they've gone for some weird, oh no, they just used the guns they already had to create some sort of barrier. I was like, and why did we have that whole episode with Eugene? And then why is Morgan not firing his sniper rifle at the people shooting the zombies? Yeah. He's just looking at them. I was like, who's the, yeah, but someone fires at him as well. Like, yeah, what's why wasn't he they, firing? How are they firing at him? He's a fucking. You can't look. I mean, I'm not a soldier, but I'm pretty sure. Really? If you, well, I know it's mad, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure if you're knocking about with like an assault rifle, assault. Mm. but someone's got a shot on you as a mm. sniper. Like he's got the range and he's got the fucking cover. Yeah. How is he? How is he falling down on the floor? We didn't fire a gun. That's probably the oh, reason. Oh my word! It's just yeah, he hadn't. He hadn't fired. But again, I'm like, but but the what's ep- he doing there? Mm-hmm. Like the last time I saw him, he's outside, knocking about outside at, with King Ezekiel. The, the kingdom. Yeah. What is this? So I think I just, I just think. Imagine if Stupid. the Stupid. Imagine if the episode had just had that nice montage, which we just referenced with Carl uh, in the build up to his. Uh, you know, realisation that he's going to die up with a zombie bite. And then it just cuts to the titles. Mm. Really strong, really impactful. I don't need to know how Morgan got to the kingdom, really. Plus, I, I don't really care. I actually genuinely agree. I think that if you'd had that jaunty montage of death 
uh, maybe the shot of Bloodshot Rick and then snaps of the titles and mm. cut that whole scene of Morgan. Um, it probably wouldn't have had a major impact on the rest of the episode and the rest of that storyline. I think we've kind of assumed and that's how it works and it was probably five minutes we didn't need. Um, yeah. But I can see why they would have done it, you know, to make sure that the exposition is clear and, you know, yes, everybody, everybody to... is up to speed because it has been confusing. A lot of the feedback in the first yes. half of the season was, we don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and I and I do think that, I think they've missed a trick here, just narratively with that Daryl ramming the van into the building. It's just such a missed opportunity to give yeah. him, he needs to understand that his actions were not acceptable. Um and it's a shame that they didn't really nail that landing. They've gone for some weird, different thing. Well, I but wonder hey. if he will eventually when they realise that that's why this has happened. But anyway, yeah. Um, I'm going to split our conversation about this episode moving forward into probably three different parts. And the first one that I want to talk about um, is the journey, the combination of scenes uh, with Morgan, Carol and King Ezekiel and uh, good old Gavin from the saviours oh how is he a saviour oh Gavin dear Gavin um, but I mean we see probably 30 to 40% of the episode is focused around this group of people yeah. um, so we see Morgan and Carol meeting up at the gates of the kingdom and um, and convenient again, sniping yeah no, very convenient I feel like it was pre-planned by mm. a script yeah um, ploughing their way through sniping people out you know Morgan Morgalizing. Doing, doing Morgalizing. I love that. Mm. Morgan Morgalizing um the saviors until they get to the point where they can uh where they can I was say recapture Ezekiel. Save Ezekiel from the uh from the grip of Gavin, shall we say. Um John, how how did those scenes play out for you? Just Morgan. He's just flipping between these characteristics. Mm. It's like Oh, he's, he's all right now. I, no, sorry, he's gone mental again. <laughs> he's gone mental. He, what's he crying for? Like, look, if you're a stone-cold killer, just kill him. Like, yeah. what is this doubt? And don't now cry now that this kid, I don't know how he's ended up there, but don't now start crying because he's killed this shit saviour guy. Like, yeah. it just annoys me, man. Like, um, genuinely thinking about it, I just, um, this is just It's a really a weird... Really weird kind of culmination because do you just call it a stinker? It's a stinker of an episode. It isn't. Like, it's, it's a good um, episode. It's just mate. So stupid. So like, I can't. But how can you enjoy this? I, I, <laughs> like, don't I, don't, I don't understand what is going on here. Like I think where it's scoring points is that. If, you, if you're anything like me, I love Morgan in clearing mode or Morgalizing, as we might call it. And I really enjoy the relationship between Morgan and Carol. And I know that a lot of other people do. I like They mm. like them when they are on form as killing machines. So there was a lot of backlash when Morgan started being all pacifist and then I'm murdering yeah, them. Way pacifist. too pacifist. Way too pacifist. <clears throat> but also when Carol, apparently out of nowhere, had severe PTSD, which is but a legitimate that's thing. That's legitimate, legitimate. But it came out of nowhere and it was really bad. It was badly written. So seeing them back together and really on form is is quite exciting and I really enjoyed that and I think that for is she uh, back on form though? well better than she was I mean she's what, not Carol? Yeah. yeah she's if you were to say right now one character who's going to save everybody all the time Carol, Carol. hands down yeah. she but it, but it's, she's I mean, clever she, hers isn't quite as bad as Morgan's but isn't she a bit yeah yeah I mean I I they've been going through this for the last <clears throat> two seasons now where they've had obviously Carol count the amount of people that she's killed and then she tries to leave Rick's group and then she comes back and realize with the kingdom and realizes that no she had they, they all came to this realization no we have to go to war with the saviors because 
it's they're just terrible people. Morgan's yeah. realization of coming to war with the saviors was because uh, his student got killed in that confrontation with Gavin and yeah. Jared, the other really dickish saviour, who somehow is still alive in the hilltop, being Dick like face. caged up. Um, so Morgan's always had this psychotic break, which famously we've mentioned clear mode, which was great mm-hmm. in, um, I think it was season three when one of the best episodes they've ever done. Um, and we know from Morgan's backstory that it took a long time for him to become Aikido peace warrior man with mm. uh, the goat. I can't remember what the goat, Tabitha the goat or whatever the goat oh, was called. Um, so sad. Funny episode. It was a bit weird, but fine. Um, but he just, like John says, it is stupid how they flip flop. But the thing that makes Ooh. this work is the fact that Carol and Morgan are together. And they're very yes. interesting characters together because it was once the other way around that Morgan was uh, the peaceful man and Carol, when the wolves attacked, was just slaughtering people left, right and centre. Yeah, and then it was more, it's more interesting now because Carol's gone through her, you know, arc and she's understanding that she, yes, she has to kill, but you don't have to kill everyone. And she's trying to talk Morgan down a lot of this time throughout this cool little Terminator sequence that they have. Well, so she, it is interesting. She it is, is interesting. and she isn't. And actually, John, I'll ask your opinion. Do you think at any point she really tries to talk him down? Because I feel like she kind of token goes, oh, oh, no, don't. Oh, all right, carry on then. All right, well, I'll call you out on that. So, I mean, if, if she's not that fussed, then what's the point of her character? Well, I think we said this in um, the first half of the season in a couple of our podcasts that actually the way that these two characters, Carol and Morgan, have been written, they've reached the end of their development. So, well, we know that actually, Mor- to they yeah. give a shit, does it matter? Yeah, we know that Mor- no, we know that we know that Morgan is is off to fear the Walking Dead. Spoiler for real life casting issues, but he's going to fear the Walking Dead. So we know that his time on the show is limited, dependent on whether he dies or just walks away from the group, and this. The end situation with the kid killing Gavin um, leads into him thinking, "No, I just can't do this anymore." I'm walking off I can't the situation. Do this no more. I mean, that would yeah. be the, that, I'm going to go to the other show. That would be the third, the third Back time. Back in time, my son will still be alive. Oh wait, no, he's still dead. He's yeah, definitely, no, he's definitely dead. But that, I mean, that has happened. That kind of situation for Morgan has happened a number of times. But yes. I mean, John, you made a good point there. If she's not really trying, what is the point? I did think that Carol was trying, and I think that, um, and I think that Carol's. Major character develop Carol. 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 Um, Carol's major character development is to come with Ezekiel because clearly they Whoa. still. They still. Oh, Jesus. Oh. You know they still have that. They pomegranates. Pomegranates. You know, seeing Carol and Morgan tear up a place is good fun. Yeah, really good fun. Good and clean actually, murdering fun. Good clean murdering well, look, I mean, stick in the head it's fun. It's at least advancing the story somewhat. Yes. Uh, and so, we got rid of so Gavin. That, and we got rid of Gavin, the most boring saviour known to mankind. So I didn't want we... it to be this way, oh, Ezekiel. Yeah, dull. His voice <laughs> is just dull. I don't even want to hear the, the Casting. repetition. Sort yourself out. Yeah. So uh, I have a question about the death of Gavin um, and obviously the fact that Tiny Henry. Henry? Tiny Henry. Tiny Tim, Tiny Henry. Tiny Henry. Tiny Henry. Uh, Hobbity Henry uh, as John says defies the laws of time and appears out of nowhere to shove a stick through Gavin's throat Um, now obviously this is harking back to so many other things in the episode that that refer to Carol's slightly terrible track record with children yeah Um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll let Sophia off because you know that wasn't quite so awful but the other psycho daughter well, not daughter, sorry, really? daughter. Lizzie, yeah, one of the best. Yeah, Stare absolutely. at the flowers, Lizzie. 
fucking yeah. creepy. Um, so good though. But yeah. what, do you, what did you guys think of the use of Henry as killing machine child? Um, you miss Psycho Lizzie. No, I miss that. I miss the quality of the show so being good. that episode. Like that. Yeah. That, but that. let's let's talk about um, okay. homicidal Henry first. So homicidal he- Henry. Homicidal Henry. Homicidal Henry. He. Well, he, it's obvious that he wants to get involved in the fight because his brother was the one that was killed at the meet between... Yeah, which is uh, good. He's got motive. He's least. got motive yeah. and he's got, uh, you know, he wants to follow in his brother's footsteps. His brother was training to be a soldier. Morgan was training his brother. Morgan has trained him to an extent. Mm. Ezekiel's trying to temper homicidal Henry's uh, <laughs> teachings. That's just reminded me of something. Uh, so, uh, homicidal Henry. <laughs> now... What is going on? Yeah. Like, who's written his dialogue? Because when he's he, when it. he was talking to Carol, that's <laughs> fucking that's better not, than a lot of the other stuff. Go that's on. not the dialogue of a child. When he turns around to Carol and says, um, "Well, he's Mor- actually Morgan um... taught me the stick, and you've taught me the gun." It's like, what is this? Well, actually, what you don't know is that homicidal Henry is actually Benjamin Button in disguise. Well, yes, so clearly. he's a hundred, yeah. um, well, but he's just he aging backwards. The fucking stick and gun. But well, he's having a laugh. Just a isn't weird. He? Turn a phrase like yeah. I I mean I'm not. I've got no problem with him killing Gavin. To be honest with you, I mean I don't know if he'd have it. the physical strength to be able yes. to push the stick through his neck. Yeah, he's not a fucking zombie. He's no. not got like soft flesh. Yeah, like shoot him. Well, well no, because he, he learnt the, the stick. stick. He learnt the stick before the gun. It's cleaner, John. And it's also, cleaner. It's cleaner think, death. I think Carol took uh, his gun can you away. Imagine if that was the thing. If he'd just done it and went cleaner death. <laughs> like, Who's this kid? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. Anyway, um, uh, rest in peace, Gavin. You brought nothing to the show. R.I.P. Gav. Terribly casted. Sorry to interrupt your listening. I know you're having a great time hearing us rant about The Walking Dead, what we love and what we hate, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit about how you can catch our other content. You can catch us on our website, fancritical.com, yeah. Instagram, fan underscore critical, All right. Twitter, at Fan Critical Pod, yeah, uh, or on the iTunes podcast app and every other major podcast app available. <laughs> We've recently released our Oscars preview podcast, in which we're covering our predictions for the winners of the major categories at this year's Oscars. Tune in for some pretty out there uh, predictions and to join in yourselves with our Oscars ballot. Uh, we have also recently covered the Black Panther movie, which has had some interesting reviews and uh, coverage across the media. Listen to us, give our take on what we felt. And of course, tune in weekly uh, from now for another seven weeks for all of our Walking Dead Season 8 Part 2 coverage. And now, back to Episode 9 of Season 8 of The Walking Dead. So let's talk about the focus of this episode. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the very... Very long, emotional, harrowing death of Carl Grimes. I actually, as much as we maybe could have cut 15 minutes from the whole Carl saga, I really enjoyed uh, watching how far Carl has grown over the course of the Walking Dead. And actually, I thought that the fact that he'd been bitten, you knew he was dying, and he kept that to himself to follow through with the plan because of his belief of what would come after was um, really powerful. And it and it gave him a great, a great send-off. Um in its own way. 
John, what did what did you think about the the, the journey we went through with with Carl in this episode for um, before his death? Um, if if they'd have killed him off when he got shot in the face and lost mm. the eye, mm. that like when that happened, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, proper. No. Like three you off. Yeah, right? if he if he'd have died then, I'd have been like, oh my, that is unbelievable. I think he was shit in this episode. Um, I mean, mainly because we already know he's dead. Um, well, there was a lot of doubt actually before there the episode There were a lot aired. of rumors, yeah. So many Stupid. rumors, stupid rumors, but rumors nonetheless. Yeah, I and mean, I wouldn't have put them past <clears throat> them. Put it past them. Well, I'm telling you now, if he'd have not died in this episode, oh, if it, the if end it of the show. Some, yeah, if it was somehow like, oh, what that Sadiq when he gives him the fucking. Anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories. Yeah, anti-inflammatories. Imagine it's basically that. Basically, ibuprofen. Oh, anodin cures all. That's mad. Oh my god! Um, We've cured the zombie yeah, apocalypse. Apocalypse. Um, yeah, that would have been the end of it. Um, I just, I, I, I couldn't buy into it. Uh, I like the character. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to cover it. Three characters. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, Michonne, if you, Carl, and and Rick. If you couldn't buy into the Carl thing, could you buy into Michonne and Rick? Yeah. Or Michonne or Rick. Both of those, honestly, I have like, differing opinions there. Like, just watching Rick and and Michonne in this episode, I was just like, and and I have to say, Chandler Riggs did a great job in this episode. I think he was great. I mm. think his performance was good. I think oh god, yeah. I think consistently he's been excellent for a couple of seasons now since he's really grown up as an actor. <clears throat> but to see you know Andrew Lincoln do his usual shaking, crying, sweaty, dirty man look that he does, but like. For me, it had extra resonance because obviously I read the comics. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, but I still, you know, this this the interesting part about The Walking Dead, you know, is to see people as a civilization growing up in in the zombie apocalypse, like the reformation of government, like mm. understanding what morals are, what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why it's interesting that Carl has literally, as an actor and as a character, grown up through the show, um, and to have that robbed from us now now we're going to have to attach our you know that sort of thinking to judith which is fine um but judith has had nothing like to do yet because she's still a toddler maybe if they do a time jump in the future or something we'll get an older judith but um at this point old woman judith old woman judith yeah we'll go like oh i've gone too far 50 years in the future um but no, it's just a shame to lose him as a character. But I thought that Rick and Michonne and Carl, the, the triumvirate, as it were, in this episode, <laughs> were excellent. They were excellent. Hell, yeah. They were excellent. I am. Um, I actually think that <clears throat> Michonne or Denai uh, Guerrero, Denai Guerrero, uh, was the standout performance from the three of them. I thought she was amazing. I yeah. I felt it more from her. And I've got to say, I give Rick and, or I give Andrew Lincoln a lot of stick. He was. Great Best in this on the episode. Show, but yeah, go on. He was great in this episode. Yeah, that far. Um, but I actually, I do think that Danai Guerrero did. She outshone everybody else. <clears throat> I thought she was beautifully, beautifully played. Really understated, but you could feel the emotion from her. And that final scene where they're standing outside the church and Carl shoots himself. Oh, that's brutal. That. And you hear that it was so well, quiet. That's, quite good. I mean, that, that's that a brutal. That's a brutal shot, and just Rick's reaction. I mean, yeah. if you remember, it was Michonne for me, and that's and Michonne, and Michonne. Just, that killed me. But if you remember when um, when Laurie died, which was also I, th- I think a great episode. Thank when God. the assault, the assault on the prison, um, not not the assault by the governor, but just uh, it was yeah. like a Walker, you know, infestation or whatever. And and she she died, and Carl had to put her down. Mm. Um, and Rick's reaction when he found out that Laurie had died. Um, Sent him into Crazy Rick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sent him into Crazy Rick when he was like picking up the phone and doing his crazy stuff. Also a great part of the comics. Um, and it's stupid, it's stupid, but it's good because he had a psychotic break, similar to what Morgan had in Clear. Mm. You know, they're very similar characters. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Morgan's had lost his lost his wife and lost his son, mm. and had the psychotic break, and then Rick pulled him out of it. Um, you know, Morgan's gone back into it. Um, Do you think that but Rick, Morgan... Rick's had the psychotic break and got pulled back out of it by Carl, got pulled back out of it by the people around him, mm. Herschel mm. at the time. And <clears throat> they were very similar characters. It's very interesting. So uh, talking about psychotic breaks and loss, and obviously the comparisons there between Morgan and Rick. Um, John, how do you think Rick is going to react now that Carl is really gone? Um, I don't know, like... Are we talking about Bloodshot Rick yet? Or? No, we'll, we'll come on to that. You can touch on it, but only gently, <laughs> like first base only. First base only, What's yeah. the point? It's not even touching, really, at that stage. No. Is it not? Uh, is that, like, just tongues? <laughs> is that even touch? <laughs> what is first where, base? Where are the tongues going? I'm Wait, not American, um, I don't know. The, what's the base where you, like, touch the boobs over the shirt? Two. <laughs> <laughs> but look, back on topic. Jesus. Um, no, he wasn't in it. Uh, what do I think Rick's going to do? Um, I don't know. Like, go fucking mental, make some serious errors. Um, Standard Rick. Yeah, well, but... So I think it's difficult to... It is difficult to, to forecast. And, and the whole point of this episode and why it dragged out so much is, and I think from what Len said, is that Carl is trying to stop Rick from losing the plot like he did after Laurie. Yeah. By asking him to honour his his view, you know, honour as an episode, honour his view of a of a of a safer, calmer, His peaceful vision. life. But, I mean, John, do you think he's capable of that now? Do you think that Rick can do that? Or do you think he's just going to lose his <laughs> shit? Uh, I mean, does he does he whisper something when he's burying him or... No? no. Oh, I didn't spot that. No, I didn't spot if that. He, if he did, I, I didn't spot I, that. I think he... Well, Rick says to Carl, I will create this future that you've talked oh, about. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, he does say that. And... Um, you know, Rick. Rick's motivation has always been his son. Like, no matter. Even says a line in this episode where he said, "I did it all for you, Carl. Mm. Carl, I did it all for you." In a very emotional way, like he's yeah. breaking up. He said, "I did everything that I've done for you." Yeah. And Shane even questions him in like the first couple of seasons, like, "You, you, you're not going far enough. You're not doing enough." And Rick even answers back to him, "You don't know how far I'll go for my son." <clears throat> and throughout yeah. the seasons of this show. Rick has proven how fucking far he will go to protect his son. He ripped a guy's throat out with his teeth. A human, like not a zombie. So, given that, then what do you what do you think Rick is going to do post? Well, you know, if this happened in the comics, Rick would go super insane. Um, I, you know, but you know, the comics have moved on a long point from this now, and the world's a different place. At this point, if this had happened in the comics to Rick now. I think, you know, the Alexandrians lose all that war. I think it's just, it does him in. You know, But the show's taking it in a different direction, using Carl as clearly a motivation to change Rick for the better, to create this vision of this future that Carl has now told us that he sees. Um, and, you know, I hope that Rick does do that because Rick's still my favourite character. Um, he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, and he does a lot of stupid things and a lot of very questionable things that make him sometimes a very big anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've always cared about him and I want him to succeed. And, you know, I wanted Carl to succeed. R.I.P. 
<laughs> okay, so now that we've, we've touched on it, let's talk about the, the vision and the, the hazy flash forward. Yeah, don't start with me on this. I've got some fun comments. I haven't uh, I haven't started anything yet. Um, well, you go then. So the hazy the hazy vision flash forward that we now mm. know is can be attributed solely to Carl. That's interesting because we've not really seen his point of view and I think we all assumed it was Rick. So that's a, a pretty interesting um, or, or we just assumed it was the future, but... Well, you know. yeah, and I think we talked a lot about that. And uh, that's it, so next topic. No, I'm, no, I'm joking, no, no. we are going to talk about it. We'll be serious about it. Um, I have some mixed feelings about it. I thought it was... Um, in the first half of the season, it was a bit. It came across differently. It had a different impact. I think in this episode, it was a little bit contrived, and I wonder if that's because we now know that it's coming from Carl, a dying teenager. I mean, or, uh, or whether it is because of the content of it. it. I mean, I'll I'll just stop John just quickly because I'll let John go in one second. But you'll agree with me, John. I have to say, there's a way to handle like dream sequences, and. This is like happen. this is this is like preschool dream sequences. This is like over the top. Oh, everyone's so lovely to get to each other. When I saw the Eugene one, there's two. When I saw the Eugene one, there's I was, three actually. Yeah, I know. No, there's two that really pissed me off. Oh, okay. Sorry. The first, the first one didn't really piss me off that much. What? Jerry. That was okay. I'll accept it because I love Jerry. He's my boy. But we're getting married. Yeah, but but the second one with Eugene, I was just like, one, Eugene, you're a prick. Um. This would never happen. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. And also, just the way he was doing his stupid Eugenisms at Judith, I was like, I'm sick of it. Do you know what? I um, and I know the other one you're going to talk about is obviously Negan plotting tomatoes. Uh, uh, well, I've got a funny thing about that, Em. So, have you? Was... in the season finale, which you weren't present for, Em, because uh, you were out getting boozed up, <laughs> me and John had to cover, and you know, how else do you think I cope with this shit? Yeah, well, that's it. We all do drink quite a lot because of this program. Um, but I, meant the I, podcast. I said to John at the time, did you think the line that uh, Rick said to Carl in that mid-season finale about picking strawberries was funny? Do you remember it? No. Rick goes, what, you just want me to pick strawberries with Negan? Oh, and then okay. it cuts to flash forward scene, Negan picking vegetables or fruit or something. And well, hey there, darling. I was just like, <laughs> fuck off weak at the knees i was i was um, just like no come on so this on might now. be a bit uh too deep for this uh, in terms of analysis um but i wonder whether the point of making it so kind of fluffy and happy and rose tinted is to emphasize the fact that no matter how much carl has grown he's still a kid because it's a very idealized vision of the future yeah there's nothing wrong with there's nothing that's nothing wrong with that take on it at all I think that's a good take on it but I think um I just thought it might be a bit too highbrow for this podcast not highbrow for the podcast too highbrow for the show um <laughs> but not for that's the podcast shocking. um well, no I genuinely actually and it was only today when I was when I was thinking about those flash forwards again and thinking about how ridiculous they seemed in contrast but actually if you think of Carl as a character hit the first what how old is he when we first see him six? Seven, seven ish. Like the maybe. first six, seven years of his life have been pretty idyllic, actually. And then, you know, the, the fucking eight years in between, or however long it's been, have been a complete and utter nightmare. So I wonder if the only way that he can envision a future is if it's ridiculously happy and perfect. Yeah, John. Uh, as a kind of, uh, I don't know, well, childish look, I mean, contrast. <clears throat> like, I don't know how you can look at these visions. <laughs> 
and go <laughs> prophetic visions. Oh no, yeah, it was. I can see what they were trying to do there. It's wonderful, and any pretentious dweeb uh, can turn around and go. Oh no, but what it, what I was actually trying to do? Um, no nonsense. The uh, the dream sequences are awful. Like uh, let's let's not pretend that they're not. But, and yeah, they're just it's just it, hacky, like really shit. It's stu- um, it's student filmmaking. Yeah, it's student it's filmmaking. Nonsense. If I had made that at it's uni, I'd have been like, well. And, uh, and I mean to throw Negan in at the end, it's just like you I take, love that. Are you taking the piss? That man? that has to be the one of the worst scenes this? The Walking Dead has Who ever done. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Like, uh, it was actually it, me. Just yeah. an insult. It's just so shit. Homicidal Henry wrote it. Um, oh yeah, and what it was bad is uh, that's the other thing. Just the insulting of the viewers. Oh, because I saw this vision um, of you with like a long grey beard. No, no, we understand what's about to happen is your yeah. vision. You don't have to be really specific about what's happening. No, and uh, and there's uh, like an owl in the background and the houses, are, uh, there's loads of bricks and that. Um, and there's certain characters. Uh, still alive. Vision. Uh, definitely still alive. Um, Jerry. Mark well have just gone. So it was, uh, just Jerry um, with the apple. And, uh, um, and just uh, the Negan with the short <laughs> Right, okay, no, I understand what you're trying to do here. Like, don't be so insulting to the people that are watching the show. Well, yeah. It's just stupid. No, the, the flash forwards are just... Do you know what's annoying about the flash forwards? I'm going to come at you with some comic stuff right now. Come up with anything. Uh, I'm going to... I'm just going to say that, you know, there's a big time jump in the comics. So... There's a big time jump in the comics that is... Like when it happens, you're like, "Fuck, that is wicked!" And you just you have to learn about loads of stuff that's gone on in this time jump. How and do you learn? Well, because there's obviously the characters explain. Oh, oh sorry, know, I thought happened. you meant you had to go back and do research. No, 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 you, you, you the, <laughs> ca- the, <laughs> no, the characters, ex- you know, like talk to each other about what's happened in the last couple of years. How do you learn? <laughs> Let me teach you. You one of the bin people. <laughs> <laughs> Learn me, I shall. You know, the one thing I thought was awful about this episode: no bin people. Yeah, oh, get well, get in. ready because they're coming <laughs> oh, back. For fuck's sake! We'll coming. talk about we'll talk about it in a minute. But the, the thing with the comics is, you know, you get this, you get stuff like this later on. Just do it that way when it can surprise the viewers and be like, "Wow!" Like, imagine if you came back to The Walking Dead in um like season nine after all that war, which should have been over already, but it's still mm-hmm. going on. You came back. And it's five years advanced in the future. I'd love and, that. And, yes. And yes, some characters have gone off that you don't know who, some new characters have come in. It breathes fresh life into the series, um, which is exactly what I was thought they were trying to do with these flash forwards. But I think <clears> they were trying to like not scare people by just doing that, like seed it a little bit, you know, yeah. seed the idea of it. But what they've done is stupidly said, oh, this is Carl's vision. And, you know, it's not really not really paid off. It's not hit the mark. I mean, one, because of the way they were directed and shot. But, um, yeah. the, you know, they could have just... It's just another misstep. It's another, like, you're just missing a landing here. Is, just, it, is it cheap? Is it the when they did it, and I guess when they first rolled out that trailer at Comic-Con or whatever it was? They wanted to get the fans excited. Yeah, they, did, did they want to try and trick the fans into the idea that... This is where we're going, um, um, and that's only something that comic book fans would appreciate anyway. Yeah, and the thing is, there's not actually that many comic book fans. There's probably only like a million people who read the comics or something, compared to you know twenty million who watch the show worldwide. And you know, um, 
the other thing is that this but, but I guess this show is not adverse to tricking people, John. It loves it. And in fact, oh, in the dumpster. In, well, in fact, it Fucking doesn't it does it to the point it does it to the point of the viewer's dissatisfaction because I don't mind being tricked every now and then if I can buy it and if I can <laughs> believe in it. Um the Glenn Dumpster situation, not killing anyone at the end of season six with the bat and having to come back for the premiere episode of season seven or whatever it was for the yeah, bat. Yeah. Disgusting behavior on their part. And worst, I've already said it. I fucking hated it. They, they lost. They lost eight million viewers when they did that. Mm. That's their own fault for doing stupid things. And they, if, I thought they were going to do it with Carl, John, but they didn't, luckily. So yeah. I'm just saying. Len, darling, take a breath. You know. The, <laughs> Calm down. Breathe into your nose. The Glenn Dumpster thing really fucked into, me up. Into your nose. Yes. Um, one last thing I'd like to touch on here mm-hmm. uh, before we move on from the Carl demise um, is Sadiq. Um, John, what do you what do you think about his involvement here and everybody's reaction to him uh, in the in the tunnels and the sewer tunnels first? You know, very reminiscent of kind of bomb shelters during the <clears> war, <throat> that kind of stuff, and yeah. and right up until the end point. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I was glad that we didn't get any of this like. Oh, he's dead because of you, whoever you are. Like, that would have annoyed me. Yep. Um, and, I don't know, like, <laughs> the anti-inflammatory stuff was interesting. Um, he's a doctor, though. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's good. But I guess that, like, the dialogue about, so Rick's... Um, when he's talking to Carl, he's like, "Oh, he's a doctor. That's 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 why you saved that's, him." That's why you saved him. He's like, "No, no. I just saved him because it's the right thing to do." He needed our help. Yeah, yeah. Like, good. Yeah, which is that's good. That's good dialogue. Yeah, it's altruistic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Look, early society was built on altruism. So that it was. That might that might be a callback to, um, the rebuilding of of, of society and, and which, humanity which is what is the most now, interesting thing that's interesting yeah right? absolutely and uh i mean you want to talk about highbrow but that is Ooh. true yeah, yeah. Uh, that is true early society was built on on altruism um so yeah like uh, absolutely that that could be um quite an interesting uh if they can get rick being this fucking altruistic figure that would be mental mm. um that'd be interesting Go on. I don't want him to be. Why though? Because I really like crazy, like you it... hate him. You're always talking about him being like one of the worst characters. No, but when he's like, you Don't know, get when on he... the bandwagon now. When he bites people's, like rips people's throat out with the teeth, I love that. Like crazy Rick. Morose. Oh yeah. Crazy... That's not how you build society. No, though, not morose. Crazy about. Rick. I don't like miserable Rick. I'm really excited to see where um, things go with Steak. <laughs> Because I think his character is really interesting. No, I think and, he, is. Um, he is in the comics. He's in the comics. He's a good addition to the to the to the team. Um, okay, let's move on to the last the last thing that I think that we should discuss, and I've saved my favourite and most confusing bit for last. We finally get to talk about the bit where um, we see the expansion of Bloodshot Rick. So the final scenes of this episode, we see Bloodshot Rick, and then we pan out. We see he's got a severe injury in his side, quite similar to Carl. He's under a tree with some hanging stained glass. He's really bloodshot and sad. Um, guys, I'm going to open up to the floor. Like, what do we think about what the fuck is going on here? If they're killing Rick, oh, I'm, I'm out. Okay, but that's not answering the question. Though. No, but I'm just saying. He's got... How many times has Rick been hit in the side with a bullet or something Did else? Did you not think that it was bizarrely reminiscent of the um, same place that Carl was bitten? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple of places this can go, from my knowledge of the comics. There's a couple of places it can go. I don't want to go into it here. I know some, <laughs> you know... 
Cool. I, I, Great I, story, mate. No, well but I, I don't um, want to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> for the show. Wasn't his hand all like bloody and stuff? Yeah, because yeah, he's got. He's, I he's, thought it was. He it looks like he'd been shot. His... It looks like he'd been shot in the side in the in the, oh, in, like, the stomach. Okay, fine. No, they're not killing him off. What about the um? What about stained glass hanging from the tree? Yeah, that was interesting. It was like a segue between obviously the church that Carl has just died died in. Uh, and then the, the stained glass in the tree was just weird. I was just like... Mm. Well, I'm wondering I mean, if it's another group. Another group? Yeah, some kind of, you know, hippie... Uh, like, if they introduce any more to groups. nature, religious group. Cool, man. Yeah, that We're worship hippies, the, the stained yeah. glass trees. Um, no, I mean, I wonder if it is... Because it feels like it's... Either it's to attract walkers because it's shiny and tinkly and, you know, bright. Yeah, no, that, that's... That's, uh, that's, a, that's a fair take. Or uh, maybe it is some kind of I don't know landmarker for another another group another yeah. community and he stumbled upon it a, a pot it stumbled upon it yeah. upon it um, and been I don't know shot bit stabbed mm. poked, well he looked whatever. in a bad way I'd have to say this if I were to guess this is probably going to be towards the end of All Out War but you know I don't know now because the show but just... when does All Out War end something? did he say mercy or something let he my was... mercy forgive my let, wrath let my mercy um, but overcome my overcome wrath. my wrath which is uh, what we heard him say in the first couple of episodes yes. of season 8 which is a quote from the Quran look, clearly he's been in some massive outweighed my incidents. wrath I think it is actually um, <laughs> but let, let's see where it goes I mean you know if they were to kill Rick like John says I can't see it happening if it did happen it would be Massive quitsville from lots of people because you know if it's you. Not, I mean that isn't happening. If like, you lose and, Rick and, I, and I, Carl, I was pretty confident about Carl. Um, yeah, famously, but uh, I'm telling you now, Rick knew we. All right, we've missed one thing that I really loved about this episode. Um, I'm going to rip your fucking guts out, Morgan. Oh, oh yeah, that was great. That was amazing. Like that, just that one bit was superb, spectacular. Oh, no, some might say. Of that, then. My one Aww. criticism of that... Don't criticise that, mate. No. That's good B-movie shit. No, come on, see. you can do it. No, that's fine. Right. Look, I mean, fucking hell. Kill or be killed, man. Yeah. Uh, um, just the reaction of the other people in the room. They're like, yeah, what are you so doing? You know, he's, trying to, he's trying to survive. Yeah, it was, well, so if he'd have blown his head off with a shotgun, that's fine. But because he, you know, he showed a little bit of Blue Peter-esque... Oh, actually, yeah. I'll just... I, I could fashion this. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, it's a balloon dog. Oh, it's dripping. he pulled his fucking like, small intestine out, whatever it was. It was a bit over the top. They were all a bit like, oh my like, God, you've pulled guts out. Like but this is what way. I think The Walking uh, Dead should do more of, is this B-movie stuff. But two episodes prior or something, they're all covering themselves in zombie guts. Exactly. So why is it such a problem? Yeah, the, the, I love that Ignore bit. the fact that they got annoyed about it, but just uh, let's appreciate the fact that the show oh, sometimes, sometimes does thing. amazing things but, with uh, gore and, you know, we tune it as a zombie show. You and know, that's we grew how up you know watching it's a zombie shows. Yeah, well, that's because there's guts yeah. and intestines. Nothing wrong with that. Brilliant um, special effects, good. I didn't feel like there was anything that particularly surprising in the trailer for next week, given that we already knew that Maggie had sent a saviour in a box to Negan, Simon, and the rest of the saviour lieutenants. Um, but I do, I do look forward to seeing some different groups of people next week. Um, any particular predictions for episode ten, Len? Um. I'm thinking that uh, I, I'm interested to know <clears throat> when Rick is going to tell Negan that Carl is dead. Mm. Because I think he'll send him um, a card. <laughs> well, I just think that ne- Negan and Carl, as we saw in the last um, 
you know, last couple of seasons, have an interesting relationship. Um, and they, you know, I'm not going to say anything about the comics. But what I'd like to say is that I, I want I, I want to know when Rick is going to tell Negan because it's a big deal for... Um, Negan? It's a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal for Negan, but I think you could see the relationship between Negan and Carl. Negan actually really cares about Carl in a way that, you know, anyway... I'm interested to see that. And I wonder if it'll be next episode because there's a bit of walkie-talkie action where Rick is talking to Negan in the trailer, I think, on a walkie-talkie. I think there is. And I think that'll be really interesting to see. Mm. Is there? I think you've made that up. No, no. Talkie no, he does. He says, because Negan says, what are you going to do next? And he goes, kill you. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's now what... you've done it in the voices, I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, sorry. John, what about you? I mean, the bin people are back, aren't they? Oh, yeah. fucking Great. hell. Jadis! So, yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll like fucking piss me off uh, after being on screen for about 30 seconds Uh, they'll probably cut to what's her name Jadis Jadis yeah probably cut to her sculping some poor fella with his cock out or something I don't know you remember when I said that I want to really see how society evolves after the zombie apocalypse I do not want to see any more of how the trash people evolve after the zombie apocalypse yeah just the idea that you would Devolve like, for four years. It's nonsense. Mental. Like, I think it's great. It's ridiculous. That it's like, like they got stuck in the fucking the Globe Theater. They're from Star couldn't... Trek: The Next Generation, or they're from some weird science fiction <laughs> show bizarre. that they beam down and they meet these what weird trash society? people. Do you want to know what I'm most looking forward to next episode? Uh, the uh, Adventures <laughs> of Homicidal Henry. Well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what, gonna be yeah. crazy. Let's see where that goes. It's like Looney Lizzie V two. So, uh, unless I've missed anything glaringly important from this episode, I think that we are done. I think it, done? I think it was a good. I think it was a good episode. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a very good episode. If you like Carl, Rick, Michonne, especially, prepare to cry. Be pre- prepared to cry. It's a great episode. Um, but for this week, that's us. Uh, if you want to catch any of our other podcasts, you can find us on Instagram fan underscore. Critical. Critical. Uh, or on Twitter at fancriticalpod, on our website, fancritical.com, uh, or on iTunes uh, podcast app and all other major podcast download places. Uh, this evening, I've been joined by Len, our comic expert. Cheers, guys. Uh, RIP, Carl. <laughs> yeah. And our resident soothsayer of doom, John. He's going back in the shed now, but he'll be out again next week. Don't worry, I do feed him. It's freezing out there. And I've been your host, Emma. Thank you for listening to this latest fan critical Sorry. podcast. See you all next week. Weird, isn't it? Goodbye. Carl, 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 Carl. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.